Do you desire to pray more for your spouse? Do you desire to pray more with your spouse? We understand that you may not know where to start, or maybe you feel uncomfortable praying, or maybe you don't know what to pray, or maybe you simply want to add something more to your current prayer life. This is why we wrote The Marriage Gift, 365 Prayers for Our Marriage. We desire that it would be used as a daily reminder and catalyst for you and your spouse to grow a dynamic and consistent prayer life together. This book is a compilation of 365 unique and powerful prayers that cover a range of diverse topics that every marriage deals with. You can read it alone, or ideally, you read it with your spouse. Also, we hope that the topics that are brought up in these prayers would become a starting point for deeper and more intimate conversations with your spouse and a desire to seek God on these matters together. Visit themarriagegift.com today and order your copy and give your marriage the greatest gift, powerful and meaningful prayer. Visit themarriagegift.com today. Hey, we're Aaron and Jennifer Smith with Marriage After God. Helping you cultivate an extraordinary marriage. And today we're going to talk about the promises of God. Welcome to the Marriage After God podcast, where we believe that marriage was meant for more than just happily ever after. I'm Jennifer, also known as Unveiled Wife. And I'm Aaron, also known as Husband Revolution. We have been married for over 13 years. And so far, we have five children under eight. We have been doing marriage ministry online for over nine years through blogging, social media, and writing over 10 books. With a desire to inspire couples to keep God at the center of their marriage, encouraging them to walk in faith every day. We believe the Christian marriage should be an extraordinary one, full of life, love, and power that can only be found by chasing after God together. Thank you for joining us in this journey as we chase boldly after God's will for our life together. This is Marriage After God. Hey everyone, thanks for joining us on another episode of the Marriage After God podcast. Yeah, today we're going to be digging into uh, Second Peter and talking about the promises of God. But uh, before we do that, I want to invite you uh, if you have children, or not, I guess if you're planning on having children, but if you have children, uh, to take our parenting prayer challenge, it's a 31 day prayer challenge. You, it's completely free. You sign up for it and we will send you an email every day for 31 days with a prompt and something to pray for, for your son or daughter or both. And you can sign up at parentingprayerchallenge.com. That's parentingprayerchallenge.com. Completely free. Uh, I think there's over a thousand people that have, have joined it. Um, and I want you to be a part of that. So if you've got children, go dig in and uh, take that challenge today. Okay, we're going to jump into today's topic, which Aaron already mentioned, is about uh, the promises of God. And that is important for uh, cultivating an extraordinary marriage. Yeah, well, and just faith in general. Right. Um, you know, the as believers, it's normal for us to feel weak at times. Or powerless. Or powerless. Or unsure. Uh, yeah. Uh, Paul did. Peter did. Uh, all of them did because they have flesh, mm-hmm. right? Um, the things of this world weigh on us. Uh, so uh, the Bible calls us to uh, to walk a certain way. The Bible shows us how uh, we can combat these feelings. And so today, if you're feeling powerless, if you're feeling uh, like you can't walk in freedom from something. If you're feeling like uh, you're discouraged or weak, uh, I hope this this word from the Lord uh, will encourage you and strengthen you today. That's our heart. That's our prayer. Um, and so we're gonna we're gonna dig into a few scriptures in Second Peter chapter one. 
And uh, yeah, I pray that it totally touches your heart today as it has mine. All right. So, um, well, Aaron, have, have there been times, you know, we've been married 13 and a half years. Mm-hmm. Um, have there been times that we felt weak oh, or yeah. powerless? Pretty much <laughs> the first like five years, four that was really years hard. of our marriage. And then um, periodically <laughs> since then, uh, we, <laughs> I mean, we go through seasons. Uh, we've been in a season. We kind of talked about trials last uh, a couple episodes ago, mm-hmm. but we've been in a season of just really having to like trust yeah. what it, God's word says and believe it to be true, even when everything else makes it not feel true. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's that's the power of God's word is it, it can actually sustain us. Um, I was going to say in those times that we felt weak, what has been our response? To be honest, my, my, the, the two responses I gave is, I don't know. And this is what the Bible says. <laughs> right? It's true. Yeah. That's been my response every time. I don't, I don't know, <laughs> but I do know the Bible says this. Yeah. I think right? especially <laughs> lately, I feel like we've been, you've been really encouraging me, um, but we've been encouraging each other to stand steadfast. Mm-hmm. And we mentioned that already in a previous episode, but standing steadfast in what? In the word of God. Yeah. And on the word of God. On, yeah, yeah. On the word of God. So I, my personal hope for today's episode is that for anyone wrestling in their faith or in their marriage or just having a hard day would be reminded to find the answer in God's word, to mm-hmm. be encouraged by God's word, to find comfort in reading his word and not just listening to us today, but I do hope that that encourages you. That's a part of it, yeah. But I, I would hope that it would encourage you to open up his word and Meditate to dig in. Mm-hmm. Chew on it. That's the word meditate. It means it's like a it's like a cow chewing cut. It it constantly is regurgitating it, swallowing it, regurgitating, chewing it, swallowing it. it okay, gross, I get that, but, but yeah, that's gross. It sounds gross, but that's literally what meditation means. It doesn't mean to empty yourself. It means to fill yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, biblical meditation, I should say. Uh, so, you know, let's. I'm going to just read some scripture real quick, and then we're going to kind of get into this because uh, there's some there's power in knowing the word of God. There's power in knowing the promises of God. And there's a lot of them, and they're pretty awesome. Real quick, before you jump in to, to share this scripture, this scripture reminds me of marriage after God because we share this scripture a lot in it, and mm-hmm. we come back to it throughout the book. Um, and so shameless little plug here, if you guys have not had a chance to read Marriage After God, especially together as a couple, mm-hmm. I just want to encourage you to do that. And it's super cheap on Amazon.com. Yeah. You should go check that out. Or go to Hobby Lobby. Oh, actually, they're really cheap at Hobby Lobby. Yeah. You should go there. Okay, so this is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. It's one of the verses that the Lord used to help me walk in freedom from certain sins in my life. Uh, when you believe it, what it's saying, mm-hmm. when you when it's truth, because it is truth, but that doesn't mean we have to believe it. Like, we, we could not believe something, even though it's truth, and it would have no power in our life. But it's once you believe it and walk in it, that that truth actually has power. So listen to this. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 and 4. It says, His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Just right there. There's a lot in that one verse. All things that pertain to what, Jennifer? Life and godliness. Life and godliness. Not all things that pertain to godliness, because a lot of people think like, oh, there's just only morality, only like godly things in the Bible. And then there's normal life and it doesn't, my normal things in life, the Bible doesn't help me with. Mm -hmm. And I've actually had people say that like, Oh, 
so you you think the Bible is going to give you an answer on like what kind of job to get and what kind like how to deal with an insurance claim and how to like these things that the Bible doesn't talk about? Well, yeah, because right here, His divine power is granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us to His own glory and excellence. Verse four, by which He has granted to us His precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. So I believe, and, and I'm not the only one, there's many Christians around the world and throughout the generations that believe that the Bible is sufficient for the knowledge and wisdom and guidance we need in this life. But it's not just sufficient for those things, it's actually our life and faith, and it's the thing that animates who we are, how we live, it's how we know Jesus. It's how we know who God is, right? And so we have his word and his defi- his de- in verse three, it says his divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Not just how to look like a Christian, but also how to live this life for him, right? And then right away we find out where everything we need comes from. So remember, we're talking to, to people that might feel weak or powerless or like they don't have what it takes or what they need. That's because we can't, right? We can't draw it out of ourselves. <laughs> right. There's nothing to draw out of ourselves, but we find out right away where everything we need comes from. God's divine power. Mm-hmm. His divine power has granted to us. So we have to rely on him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So first and foremost, knowing that there is nothing in me that, per- that pertains to life and godliness. <laughs> Right? There's only in me godlessness and death in my flesh. Right, If you just look at the, the way the gospel works, like my, my state without God. Mm-hmm. But with God, his divine nature, his divine power grants us all things. Right, So one of God's attributes, I don't know if everyone knows the attributes of God, like omniscience, omnipotent, right? omnipresent. Uh, those mean things. He's all-knowing. That's omniscient. Omnipotent is all-powerful. Omnipresent is everywhere, right? He, he's, he's not constrained, mm-hmm. right? So omni- one of his attributes is he's omnipotent, which means all-powerful. And the first words in the Bible put the gravity of God's power on full display. Genesis 1.1, it says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Okay? No one else. No, it's not like he said, And I asked this guy over here to help me. No, God created everything. <laughs> right? So he is the creator. All of this was from his mind, created by his words, okay? So that creator, that divine power we just talked about is the same divine power that grants to us all things. So the God that invented stars and DNA and how gravity works and how the, the, the planets rotate around the sun like he, that creator, that divine power, that power is what's granted us all things, right? That's pretty incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're feeling powerless and you have God on your side, you are all powerful in God with his divine power. So here's another uh, part of the Bible that talks about God's divine power. Job 38, one through 13, it says, the Lord, then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, well, first of all, God's, God's talking from a whirlwind, which is amazing. Who is this, this that darkness count, darkens counsel by words without knowledge? So he's saying, who, who are you, Job? 
dress for action like a man. I will question you and you make it known to me. So God's saying, I'm going to question you, Job, and you tell me if you have the answers to these questions. Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Who determined its measurements? Surely you know. Or who stretched the line upon it? On what were its bases sunk? Or who laid its cornerstone? When the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy. Or who shut in the sea with doors when it bursts out from the womb, when I made clouds its garment and thick darkness its swaddling band, and prescribed limits for it, and set bars and doors, and said, Thus far shall you come, and no further, and here shall your proud waves be stayed. Have you commanded the morning since your days began, and caused the dawn to know its place, that it might take hold of the skirts of the earth, and the wicked be shaken out of it? How small does everyone feel? Yeah. <laughs> Raise <laughs> Super your hand. small. <laughs> I, this is the point that God's making to Job. He spends three chapters questioning Job to show Job his divine power mm-hmm. and authority. Job, I, didn't, I, I don't even think about things like when it says who determined its measurements. Like I would never think about, like I know God created the earth, but to think mm-hmm. specifically about its measurements, I just wouldn't have thought about that until reading this. I don't know. It just makes me feel so small. <laughs> Well, and that's, that's what's amazing, is we are so small, but yet he, in his divine power, has granted, given, gifted, mm-hmm. made available all things that pertain to life and godliness. Okay? The one who made the stars, who named the stars, that's, that, that's the God that's granted to us. Everything necessary for living this life out for him and with him comes from him. So we can trust him when we get into difficult circumstances or situations where we feel like we're not lacking knowledge or we feel like we're um, stuck in a hard place. Or incapable. Or incapable or or weak. Mm -hmm. We can trust him. Yep. If we believe he... can trust myself. (laughs) Well, if we believe that he created all of this and has the power to do that, Mm -hmm. we can trust that he's got the power to walk us through this circumstance. Mm -hmm. Well, and give us the thing that we need in it. That doesn't necessarily mean he takes everything away. Right. Right. But he has given us, and the the next question we have is, how has he granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness? Right. Right. So what's the method, the conduit by which we receive all things that pertain to life and godliness? And in verse three, the second half, it says, through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. Okay. So, it's his divine power that granted it to us, but he's granted it to us through knowledge, through the knowledge of him. We talked about the word of God, staying steadfast in the word of God. Mm-hmm. So it's through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. So he's called us to something very specific, his own glory and excellence, not our glory, not our excellence, right. his glory and excellence. And he gives us all these things that we need for life and godliness by knowledge Okay, it is through the knowledge of Christ that we have been granted all things that pertain to life and godliness. The knowledge of Christ is the conduit by which we obtain everything that is necessary for us to grow and mature and are equipped. Okay, the conduit's not like a very um, right. often heard word, so just explain. It, it's, the, it's the method, it's the mode, it's, the, uh, it's the, the thing by which we get it. Mm-hmm. So like um, someone bringing a telegram, that, that, that person is the conduit, is, the, is, by, is how we receive the message, 
right? So how we receive, how we are granted these things is through the knowledge of Christ. So without the knowledge of Christ or growing in the knowledge of Christ, which Second Peter, one of the main themes of it is knowledge, mm-hmm. growing in our knowledge and maturity, understanding. So we can have a little bit of knowledge, and this is kind of where I was at, at some points in my life is, yeah, I had knowledge of God and I had, I had, I had a level of knowledge, but I still walked in, in, in uh, bondage to certain things because I wasn't growing in my knowledge. There was things that God said that I actually didn't believe. Mm. When it says I'm set free, I didn't believe it. Even though I could, I was free and I am free. And so we are granted all these things, but it's through the knowledge of Christ. So how do we want, how do we get to walk in more power and more freedom? We grow in our knowledge, right? Would you say that this has been true in your life, Jennifer? Like you've had confusion and and like we've been walking through stuff, Mm -hmm. but how has you growing in the knowledge of Christ in this season made you more steadfast? Well, I think that there's this um, presence of peace when you are growing and you're seeking and you're truly seeking after God and you're reading his word Mm -hmm. and you're being encouraged by, you know, your spouse or someone else in your life to uh, humble yourself before the Lord. Um, There's a presence of peace that comes and with that peace, stability Mm -hmm. and I feel like the Lord reveals what's necessary in those moments to be able to move forward. Exactly. And I'll give a little, little example. Let's say you're in the midst of something very difficult relationally and you feel alone and you feel like you have no idea what to do and you feel like you, and you, and you're incapable or you're just lost. Right. You could just remain there or you could remember or meditate, or maybe you never knew that Jesus himself said, I will never leave you or forsake you. Right. And so in the midst of those trials and those sufferings and the, and the pain and the loneliness, guess who's there with you? Jesus himself. Experiencing it with you. And so that alone, that one little thing can actually give someone confidence to continue on. Hope. Hope to realize that they're not alone. Mm-hmm. It can snap them out of the depression. It can snap them out of the sadness. It can, it can shine a light in the darkness. Mm-hmm. Just realizing, like, oh my gosh, Jesus is experiencing this with me. Thank you, Lord. Mm -hmm. Right. That's just one little example. So Ephesians 4, 11 through 13 says this, and he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the son of God to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So this is the, this is the, road we're on as believers is we are growing in the knowledge of the son of God to mature manhood or womanhood in Christ. Like we're growing up in the knowledge of God. So as, as humans, as men uniquely created in God's image, we're capable of some amazing things with our minds. Uh, you know, animals didn't create the tower of Babel. Man did. Man did. Trees did not make themselves into boats and tools. <laughs> Man did. Right. Uh, flowers don't, do not turn themselves into paint for Van Gogh's Iris or Da Vinci's Mona Lisa, mm. right? Mandan, mm-hmm. a, a gifted person who had a thought and a, and a mind to create something from nature. And he made something that looked realistic and real and, and art. Um, and it's that same mind that when changed can actually transform a person. 
which is amazing. Have you experienced that? Yeah. Uh, like that, just, I keep going back to the example I was once walking in perceived bondage that I thought I couldn't walk in freedom from, even though I was a believer. And then when I believed the truth that I was already free, that bondage evaporated. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause I once believed one way and now I believe another. It's incredible the power that our minds have when we believe, which is why I believe that's why God asks us to believe. Because if we believe that Jesus is Lord, that lordship, that belief transforms everything about us if we truly believe it. Yeah. And in a very simple example for me, when I think about marriage and just how, you know, I think a certain way and you think a certain way and then something happens and we see it from our different perspectives and sometimes it can cause, you know, uh, tension in our marriage because we want the other person to see it like we saw it. And um, when I've experienced that, when I've humbled myself and, and brought it in prayer to the Lord, and I usually will pray something like, God, help me to see what you want me to see, but also help Aaron see what you want to see so that we can like figure this thing out. Help Aaron see what I see. But in what you're saying is, is I, I've experienced this is God's changed my mind when he has shown me. Mm-hmm. I, Jen, I want you to see this way, my way, um, and it does transform me. And then it impacts our marriage and our relationship because mm-hmm. I usually come back to you with, hey, this is what God showed me or or is speaking to me or encouraging me with, or I've just completely changed my mind. Mm-hmm. Like this is, I see it your way or whatever the situation is. Yeah. Another example in my life is I used to not be very athletic and I was reading this book talking about habits and in the process of reading this book about habits, I realized like, oh, I can actually change my habits. So where I never thought about it before, where I just thought it was just not a part of who I was, like exercise and I just, it was not a thing. All of a sudden, my, I had a new way of thinking. I was like, wait. And I saw this quote once that said, um, if you want what you never had, then you got to do what you've never done. And it, in that moment, it was that with all this other information I was getting that triggered something in me. I was like, oh, if I get up early and just start going... I'll be that person. Okay, this is really encouraging. <laughs> it's a hear. weird thing. <laughs> so, um, it, a couple of days ago, I saw you playing with the kids in the backyard, and you guys were doing like this. Um, you're on all fours, acting like a bear, and you had to um, try and get to the. It's try and slap the person's yes. hand next yeah. to you, or whatever. It's like bear tag or something. Okay, and it was just so funny, but like the way that you were holding yourself up, I could see the muscles in your legs and stuff, and I was thinking, wow, Aaron's really like fit, which I never was before. And I was just thinking like how years of you changing your habit in this one area does reflect in who you are now. But it started not because I did something different. It's because I thought different. Hmm. It was the change actually happened to my mind first. Uh, I believed I could be that person. And I did. Now it's really hard. And I getting up in the morning, I've been talking about how tired yeah. I am, yeah. especially after this COVID-19 thing, yeah. getting back into a routine has been very yeah, difficult. Yeah, I think for everyone, getting back into the rhythm has been yeah. difficult. But it's the power of how a mind can be changed. Mm-hmm. But it's also dangerous. Why don't you read uh, Romans 12, 2 for us to say what the, see what the Bible says about being transformed. It says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Mm. And what's cool about this verse is it gives two words. It says conformed and transformed. Okay. And when I, when it says do not be conformed to this world is because our natural disposition, if we just were to sit and do nothing, is to conform 
imagine putting like Play-Doh into a mold. It just slowly sits and makes the shape of the thing. That's being conformed to something. It's because our natural inclinations is for the things that the world wants. Mm-hmm. Pleasures and drugs and success, you know, success and all of those is. things. But it says, on the contrary, be transformed. So what it means is, rather than being that thing that slowly turns into the world, become a new thing by the renewing of our minds, which is an amazing thing. We're talking about the power of our minds right now. Mm-hmm. And the Bible is saying, hey, the transformation happens when our minds are renewed, mm-hmm. right? And how do we renew our minds? Going back to the thing we were just talking about, the knowledge of Christ, right? We have the word of God. So going back to Second Peter, because that was the verse that we kind of mm-hmm. kicked this off with, um, what are the things that he has granted to us? Right, that's a good question because we talked about how he's granted it to us, or, or we, he talked. We, he's talked about um, who granted it to us. It's mm-hmm. his divine power mm-hmm. where it comes from. How he granted to us through the knowledge of Christ. But what? 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 Like, yeah. yeah. What, what is the thing he's given to us that pertains to life and godliness? Um, and so, just real quick before I get into that, what's the opposite of knowledge? Uh, ignorance. Nailed it. Yeah. It's, <laughs> like it's not knowing. Yeah. Not knowing. Right. So knowledge of like, you know, anything or ignorance of those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, other words are like neglect or blindness, not seeing, which the Bible talks a lot about blindness and being, you know, having eyes open disregard, obliviousness, um, unconsciousness, which is an interesting thing because how often do we go through life just unconscious? Mm-hmm. We're not consciously thinking about anything we're floating we're in our marriage we're just moving autopilot yep autopilot we, we did this at times and it does not it's not fruitful Mm-mm. in any way um so if we walk in willing willful ignorance or are never taught what is true it will not be possible for us to walk in the things that god has granted to us okay so what do you mean by willful ignorance so i know the word says that but i just don't think that's for me mm. Yeah, I know you're telling me that I, I can walk in freedom, but it doesn't feel like that's true. So I'm just going to, you know, hope for something else. Could it also be like, um, I generally know what the scripture says, but I know if I open it up and read it for myself, then I'll be accountable. Yeah, that's willful. I'm not, I'm not going to go seek the answer where I know it's found. Right. Or if you're never taught it. Right. So a, an example for our children, if we don't tell them, you know, fire's hot, they will learn that it's hot by touching it or they'll never know. Mm-hmm. Maybe eventually they will. But I mean that the simple things in life, but so if we're not taught what the word of God says, so if someone listening right now that loves the Lord and has never heard this verse before, that's not a will for ignorance other than maybe they need to be in the word of God more, like just to be encouraged in that. Uh, but they hear this and they're like, wait a minute, I've been granted what? Right. So being taught it, being exposed to it, being revealed the mysteries of God, the truth of God, the knowledge of Christ Right. It's without that knowledge, it's actually impossible for us to walk in the things that God's granted to us. Right. Here's an example. Uh, If you had a hundred dollar bill, I think a lot of us have had this experience before. Maybe not with with a hundred dollar bill. Not the hundred dollar bill, but like a twenty dollar or five dollar, right? Any time, any, actually, any, any amount of money. It's always a quarter. Yeah. Um, But if you have a hundred dollar bill and it's in a pants pocket, it's in your pants pocket in a box in your garage. Getting ready for that yard sale that you didn't know was there. Is that $100 worth anything to you? Not if you don't know about it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a $100 bill. It's a, it's valuable. But you don't know it's there. 
Yeah, it's literally worthless to you because you have no idea it's there. That's ignorance, right? That same, that's true for the knowledge of God. If we never open up his word, if we never pursue and study or tap into the treasures that God has for us in his word, they can't do anything for us. Like it, 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 it can't. If I never hear that I'm free, I'll never know I'm free. Mm-hmm. Right? It's why when the word of God is preached, that's how faith comes. It says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. This also shows the importance of why as a couple, you guys need to always be bringing each other back to God's word, back to him and what he says, because there's value in that. Mm-hmm. This is why it's so important as a Christian, why we need to be sharing it with other brothers and sisters in the Lord to mm-hmm. encourage their faith. This is why people share the gospel with strangers mm-hmm. or neighbors or mm-hmm. whoever needs it. Yep. We have to share the Opening things of Opening the God. word of God with our kids yeah, so that they're exposed to it, hearing it, knowing it, learning it, um, and then showing how it plays out in our life, mm-hmm. right? So, so what are the things that God has granted to us? Because I went through a whole thing to talk. We, yeah. I asked the question, you asked the question, and then I brought up all this yeah. knowledge and, and, and ignorance stuff. But what are the things that God's granted to us? Well, let's go back to read verse four. Yeah. So second Peter one, four. Yeah, it says by which he has granted to us. Okay. He's about to tell us what he's granted to us. His precious and very great promises. So it's his precious and very great promises, right? Which we have to know what those are, the knowledge of them that give us everything we need to walk this life out for God, with God. Okay, it's his promises um, that he's given us. It's the knowledge of his promises are what transform us in his his son's likeness. So when we grow in our knowledge of God, when we grow in our knowledge of his son Jesus, in who he is, what he said, what he's given to us, what he calls us, what, what we have waiting for us, all of those things transform us as we grow in them. And it's not just head knowledge, it's knowing like that is true right and becoming like intimately familiar with them Mm -hmm. and then walking them out and in that knowledge in our day-to-day life well trusting them yeah if they're true they're trustworthy so the opposite of that ignorance of his promises would is going to keep us in darkness and chains Mm -hmm. or i should say perceived perceived yeah chains because if you're in christ you're free Mm -hmm. but if, if we're walking in ignorance if we're not pursuing the knowledge of Christ, then we, we aren't going to walk in the, the things that pertain to life and godliness. We won't know what they are. Well, so let's get into some of these promises. Yeah, this is like the best part of the yeah. episode, actually. Everybody turn the volume All up. All that to say, <laughs> I'm just going to quickly go through them. I'm just kidding. Um, so let's talk about some of God's promises, okay? Because this little bit of scripture doesn't necessarily go into God's promises, but let's talk about them, right? You want to share the first one? Uh, earthly needs. Yeah. This is an important one, right? Listen to this in Matthew 6, 25 through 33. Why don't you read it since you brought up the, the it's promise? It's a good side. Okay. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor get, gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which, by the way, that's another like cool thing to know. Like You're more valuable than animals. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? 
And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider, consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? O you of little faith, therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. I love this scripture. I love so much that it says that the heavenly Father knows that you need them all. Mm -hmm. He knows every detail of your life. He knows every detail of your circumstance. He knows your every need. Right. So notice he doesn't say, I'll give you a house and a car and a big bank account. He doesn't say what brand clothes nope. he'll give you. He says he will take care of your needs, but it comes with a way of being. He says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Mm -hmm. So the promise is when we seek God and his righteousness, what is he going to do? Take care of us. Take care of He's us. He's going to meet all of our needs. Meet, meet our needs, not all of our wants. Right. So that can help us. When we feel like we're not getting what we want, we can come to this and be like, okay, but Lord, thank you so much that I, I have clothes and I've eaten today. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? We can thank the Lord. So what, what's that next promise that he has for us? So he's promised us his spirit. In 1 John four thirteen, it says, By this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us, given us of his spirit. Yeah, uh, he has. When it, says when we, it says when we believe, he gives us his spirit. When we believe in first Corinthians 12, seven, it also says, it says to each is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good. Okay. So what's awesome about this is first of all, you're sealed by the spirit of God. Jesus calls the spirit of God, the helper that he'll help us, that he convicts us, that he brings he to remembrance, brings to remembrance. This is the ministry of the spirit in our life. So again, we're not alone. We have the spirit of God. It's a person of the Godhead. It, it's he's with us. Okay. And then the other thing, which we, again, we talked about in our book, Marriage After God. If you're ever feeling like you have no part in the body or you're worthless to God. Think again. Okay. This is, <laughs> this is a powerless. This is a weakness. This is a feeling that we might have. What does the Bible say? To each, not to some, not to the best, not to the smartest. To each has been given a manifestation of the spirit. We all have a purpose. Every single one. And so if you're sitting with someone and they feel like, hey, yeah, I'm just, I'm not being used by God and encourage them with these words. Yeah. No, brother, sister, you have been given a manifestation of the spirit of God. You are a necessary permanent part of the body of Christ. That's what that, that is the truth. That's a promise. The next one God promises is eternal life. Most okay. important. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Romans six twenty three. for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So if you're in Christ, you have eternal life. How awesome is that? And that eternal life takes away the sting of death. It we changes know, everything. No longer have fear of death. Now, there's times that we have fears, sure. but we remember the promises, mm -hmm. which then gives us everything that pertains to life and godliness. See the see how this works. So when you remember, like, oh man, I have eternal life. So what can they do to me? They can harm my body only. They can't take my spirit. 
Titus 1, 1 through 2 says, Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, for the sake of the faith of God's elect and their knowledge of the truth, which accords with godliness in hope of eternal life, which God, who never lies, promised before the ages began. So what did God promise before the ages began? Eternal life. This is the gift of God. It's free. For all those who believe, eternal life. Okay? Next promise. Direct access to the Father. Okay, how often, man, there's been so many times that I feel so far from God. And it's a lie. All I have to do is turn around. Right? God doesn't go anywhere. Like if you look at the story of the prodigal son, it was the son that left. The father always remained. Right? So we turn and he's there. Ephesians 2.18 says, For through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. Right. And in Ephesians, both, right there, that word, it's talking about Jew and Gentile because there's a new creation made. Mm -hmm. It's no longer Jew or Gentile, but the Christian, right? So we have access to, in one spirit, remember we talked about the spirit? To the Father. We have access. We can go boldly. Hebrews 4.16, Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. That's a good one. Read it one more time. Yeah, it says, let us then with confidence. How often do we feel so not confident? That's something we've been struggling with lately. Confident, draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So what can we do when we have to, in time of need? Draw near to him. We can run to the Father. In confidence. We don't need a priest to talk to God for us. We can go directly to God. We don't need someone else. It's so good to have people pray for us. We should be always ask people to pray for us. But we can go to the Father because of what Jesus has done for us. We have direct access. Next promise, and this is awesome. Uh, I think some people will really resonate with this. Adoption. Adoption. Right? We are adopted. Ephesians 1.5, he has predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his will. Belonging. That's what I think. Yeah. Uh, I Family. Was just, I was listening to a, 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 someone talking about this idea of predestined. It's a destination. He is predestined. He has his destination from the foundations of the world for anyone who believe in his son is adoption. Mm-hmm. So when we put our faith in Christ, when we believe in Jesus, We are adopted. That's our position with God. We are no longer slaves. We are no longer servants. We are no longer distant and far off. We are children of God. Another promise is that we're made new. Yeah, new creation, right? 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All right, so if you're doubting ever, like, who am I in God? Like, I, I just feel like this thing over here and I, I'm, nothing's ever different. I'm not changed. It's because you don't know this promise. Well, what about for the person who is chasing after God and pursuing God's will in their life and they they have this purpose set before them and they're doing everything that they can and then all of a sudden they get right to that almost finish line and then the enemy tries to mm-hmm. divert their eyes, their hearts, their attention and he uses condemnation. Mm-hmm. Or they, yeah, they give in to temptation. They Okay, but I'm thinking condemnation like, okay, that he reminds you of your past. He reminds yep. you of who you were without Christ. He reminds you of the things that you've done. He reminds you of the sin. Mm -hmm. All those overwhelming feelings of, I can't because I'm not good enough or I didn't do this Mm -hmm. right or whatever it is. What's awesome 
is we can use the word of God. I, I did this post the other that. day and I said, I said, we battle the enemy with the word of God. Mm-hmm. That's what Jesus did. So we can battle those thoughts and be like, wait a minute, I am a new creation. Mm-hmm. And we can actually agree and say like, no, the old me isn't capable. And, I, and I'm currently still not capable in my flesh. But guess who's in me? Christ. Mm-hmm. Paul says it this way. He says, greater it is within us than he who is in the world. Like, it's not me, right? And then even John the Baptist said, I must decrease, so he must increase. He's talking about Christ. So if anyone's in Christ, raise your hand. If you're in Christ, if you're listening to this and you're in Christ, raise your hand. Oh, you're raising your hand? You're a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Let's walk in the newness of life. Let's believe that. It's true. The next one, freedom. This was a big one for me. Freedom. Romans 8.2. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus for the law of sin, from the law of sin and death. So if, we're, if we think we're in bondage to sin, we're believing a lie. The believer is. If you're a believer and you love God, you're believing a lie if you're walking and if you believe you're in bondage to sin. Because right here, for the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus. From what? The law of sin and death. We're no longer under the law of sin and death, that condemnation that holds us there. We are no longer bound to those things. Does that mean we can't choose to sin? No, we, we we have a free will. We can choose things. But to say that I'm in bondage to it is to not believe this promise. Mm. No, I am set free. And, I, and the, there's another promise that says, God, with every temptation, he will give us a way of escape. Mm-hmm. So is that true or not? So if it's true, then when I give in to temptation, it's not because I couldn't walk away from it. Mm-hmm. It's not because I couldn't escape. It's because I chose it for the believer. Because there is a way of escape. So believing these truths transforms us. So it's this last one, uh, which by the way, this isn't the definitive list of God's promises. These are just some I wanted to pull out to show what God's promises are. We can only fit so much in a podcast episode. (laughs) So what's his last one? Uh, The last one is able. So Ephesians 6, 13 says, therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. So going back to Mm -hmm. steadfastness. Yeah. Right here, we're we're supposed to stand firm. Yeah, but, but how do we stand firm? Well, we take up the whole armor of God. Yeah, whose armor? His. It is. Yeah. <laughs> the only thing that makes us able is, again, Him. Mm-hmm. Right? The, the theme here is Christ, God, their abilities, His divine power. That's the, that's the theme here. It's not our divine power. His. Guys, there are so many more promises in God's Word, and we just wanted to make a challenge for you to go with your spouse and search them out um, and meditate on them. Meditate mm-hmm. on the ones that we've given you and maybe go back through all the verses. Make your own list. Make your own list. Yeah. Second uh, Corinthians one twenty says this for all the promises of God find their yes in him. So who's the him? Jesus. So all the promises of God that we were incapable to receive without Christ, they're all yes with Christ. That is why it is through him that we utter our amen to God for his glory. So the only way we can utter amen to God for his glory is because of what Christ has done. We should share that verse uh, with the kids because I think Elliot was asking recently why we say amen Hmm. at the end of our prayers. Elliot or Olive. Amen. (laughs) Because all of his promises are yes, in Christ. Hmm. So when we're in Christ, guess what we get access to? Guess what we get granted? 
His promises. All his very great precious and, and precious great. promises. <laughs> so uh, let's finish up here in verse 4b, the second half of it. It says, so that through them, so again, so through the promises, you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desires. So we get a, an opportunity through his promises to partake of something that we would never have the opportunity to partake of, God's divine nature, which is incredible. Okay. So I, I hope this inspires your mind. Remember, we're going back to that power of our minds that like, I want us as believers to be transformed by the renewing of our minds that we would have our minds filled with God's promises because they sustain us. They give us everything that pertains to life and godliness. They remind, remind us of who we are in Christ. God's promises are very great and very precious. And just, I hope that you guys would hold on to them firmly and seek them out because they're the only thing that can keep us and make us able and, and bring us along and take us through this life. Okay. Well, um, with that, we just want to encourage you guys to join us in prayer. Dear Lord, thank you for your precious promises. Thank you for your word, which equips us and encourages us. We pray we would be couples who stand steadfast in faith, believing your word, clinging to your promises and walking in righteousness. We pray we would remind each other of your great promises, especially in times of hardship or difficulty. May your Holy Spirit bring your word to remembrance and help us navigate things of this life. May your will be done in us and through us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Uh, as always, thanks for joining us on this week's episode. We pray blessed you. Uh, share it with a friend that might need to be encouraged. Um, and uh, go seek out those promises of God. We love you. See you next week. Did you enjoy today's show? If you did, it would mean the world to us if you could leave us a review on iTunes. Also, if you're interested, you can find many more encouraging stories and resources at marriageaftergod.com and let us help you cultivate an extraordinary marriage. Do you desire to pray more for your spouse? Do you desire to pray more with your spouse? We understand that you may not know where to start, or maybe you feel uncomfortable praying, or maybe you don't know what to pray, or maybe you simply want to add something more to your current prayer life. This is why we wrote The Marriage Gift, 365 Prayers for Our Marriage. We desire that it would be used as a daily reminder and catalyst for you and your spouse to grow a dynamic and consistent prayer life together. This book is a compilation of 365 unique and powerful prayers that cover a range of diverse topics that every marriage deals with. You can read it alone, or ideally, you read it with your spouse. Also, we hope that the topics that are brought up in these prayers would become a starting point for deeper and more intimate conversations with your spouse and a desire to seek God on these matters together. Visit themarriagegift.com today and order your copy and give your marriage the greatest gift, powerful and meaningful prayer. Visit themarriagegift.com today.